Hi friends, this is Justin from Why Catholic. I really appreciate everyone who has donated to keep this podcast going. And so I thought, wouldn't it be great if people could support this podcast, but also get something in return? So I created a Why Catholic merch shop. You can find it on Etsy. Just search for Why Catholic. And I've also linked to it in the show notes. These designs are 100% original. I wanted to make something that shares our faith, but also looks trendy. You can find t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, and more. And I'm constantly adding to the store as well. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast to hear how you can get a special discount. Thanks so much for supporting Why Catholic. Imagine going for a hike or an errand to the grocery store or taking a leisurely cruise on your boat when all of a sudden you're ambushed by a group of hostiles who kidnap you and hold you captive for six years. Your family has no idea where you are, and there's no way to tell them your location and no way to even let them know that you are still alive. If you ever managed to escape, how would you feel about your captors? Would you want them dead? Maybe imprisoned for life? Would you spend time fueled with hatred and imagining their demise? I think all of those feelings are natural. But today we're going to learn about a young man who faced that exact scenario, but despite years of his life unlawfully imprisoned by his captors, he returned not for revenge, but to share the love of Jesus with them. Hi, this is Justin Hibbert, and you're listening to Why Catholic, my podcast about the what and why of Catholicism. While this podcast mainly focuses on theological topics, I like to sprinkle in episodes that highlight a particular feast day or a saint on their feast day. If you're not familiar with the Catholic liturgical calendar, I think the liturgical calendar is a wonderful way to redeem each and every day and to celebrate these faithful Christians who have gone before us, as well as God's redemptive work throughout the year. While my confirmation saint is the second century apologist and martyr, St. Justin, I would be remiss if I didn't highlight another personal patron saint of mine on the day we celebrate him, St. Patrick, this March 17th. A few reasons I highly regard St. Patrick. First, my brother, whom I admire greatly, is named Patrick. And so I don't know if it's his name or what, but I've always felt this connection to St. Patrick. Our society likes to culturally misappropriate this day for drinking and debauchery, and when I discovered the true story of St. Patrick, particularly his prayer called the Lorica, which I'll talk about shortly, I was extremely moved. In fact, I credit St. Patrick with helping lead me into the Catholic Church. But not only did St. Patrick evangelize to me, more importantly, he led an entire island to Jesus and changed Great Britain forever. Now, there's a particular challenge when discussing St. Patrick. Over the centuries, he's become larger than life, intertwined and tangled with lots of folklore, and so my task here is to try and separate fact from fiction in telling the story of St. Patrick. To begin this story, we set ourselves in the early 400s in Roman Britannia, which many believe to be modern-day Scotland or perhaps Wales. Our protagonist is a lad named Mewen. As Christianity has already spread to the British Isles by the 5th century, Maywin grew up in a Christian home. His father was a deacon and his grandfather a priest. At the age of 16, Maywin was kidnapped by Irish raiders, taken to the nearby island of Ireland, and sold as a slave to a farmer 200 miles inland. There he worked on a farm for six long years tending sheep. Over that time, Maywin began to have dreams that were religious in nature. 
In fact, he thought of his captivity not as injustice, but rather as rightful judgment for not living a devout Christian life in the footsteps of his father and grandfather. He vowed that if he ever escaped, he would devote his life to God. One night he had a vision of an escape route, and feeling emboldened, he ran the 200 miles away from his captors where he found a British ship waiting to sail away. There on the ship, he practiced his new calling and even evangelized to the sailors. Maywin was so thankful to God for his rescue that he dedicated his life to the church. Upon his return home at the age of 22, he joined a monastery in France. During his studies, he had a vision that, quote, all the children of Ireland from their mother's wombs were stretching out their hands, end quote, which he interpreted as God's calling on his life to return to the land of his captors, not as a laborer on a farm, but to care and labor for the salvation of others. His mission was twofold, to pastor the small number of Irish Christians living in Ireland and to bring the gospel to the people, which primarily practiced paganism. It is said that he and his companions entered Ireland through the Slaney River outside of Belfast, and a local chief gave them shelter in a barn. Now, the word for barn in Irish is sabhal, from which we get the anglicized word saw. This is believed to be the first church that Maywin established in Ireland. You may be wondering where Maywin got the name Patrick. Well, he alternatively was known as Patrick. Patricius in Latin, or its Irish variant, Patriarch, which means father of the people. Patrick's mission was a difficult one, as he constantly faced death threats, particularly from the Irish king Logair. Patrick even took to carrying a dagger for protection. Eventually, however, Logair repented and became a Christian, and much of Ireland followed suit, throwing off their pagan ways to embrace the Christian life. While Patrick is credited with converting the entire island, that didn't happen in his lifetime. However, Patrick, who was ordained a bishop at the age of 43, spent the rest of his life planting churches and monasteries throughout Ireland. Ireland eventually even sent out its own missionaries out to the British Isles and beyond. It is here that we get the folklore of Patrick driving out snakes off the island, as the serpent is a biblical symbol of Satan and all things satanic. While the church at Saul has been plundered and rebuilt several times, a new church was erected there in 1933 and holds regular Sunday services and special services on March 17th in honor of the one who risked everything to establish it, St. Patrick. While there is lots of folklore surrounding St. Patrick, we know of only two of his works, his letter to the soldiers of Coroticus and his confession, which he begins with these humble words, quote, My name is Patrick. I am a sinner, a simple country person, and the least of all believers, end quote. I've included links to both documents in the show notes. It is said that Father Patrick, who was familiar with the Irish language and culture, chose to integrate Irish symbols into Christianity so it would seem more familiar to the pagans. For example, it's said that he superimposed the sun, a powerful Irish symbol, behind the cross, creating the Celtic cross. He also used the clover to illustrate the complex theology of the triune God, the Trinity. Each of the three leaves represented the three persons of God, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but together they formed one God. St. Patrick is also credited with a most beautiful prayer known as St. Patrick's Lorica. We're not certain that it was actually written by St. Patrick, 
but there's two things I would like to point out before reading it. First, a lorica is a breastplate. Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God, and one of the pieces of armor is the breastplate of righteousness. You will see that this prayer is a prayer for protection, but more than that, it is a putting on of the triune God. And speaking of the triune God, you will hear a phrase repeated multiple times in this prayer, quote, the invocation of the Trinity through a belief in a threeness, through a confession of the oneness, end quote. Why is that significant? In 325, around 75 years before St. Patrick was born, there was a landmark council, the Council of Nicaea, which met to discuss the heresy of Arianism. Arianism denied the eternal divine nature of Jesus. This council made it clear that to be orthodox in the broadest sense of the word was to believe in Jesus' eternal and divine nature. Thus, this council is credited with providing us the dogma of the Trinity. That council also gave us the Nicene Creed, which is still said today at Mass, including these words pertaining to the person of Jesus, quote, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made, end quote. So when we hear that St. Patrick may have used the clover as an illustration of the Trinity, or the focus on the Trinity in the Lorca prayer, we see that the doctrine of the Trinity was firmly established, not just in Rome, but even throughout other parts of Christendom, including the British Isles. Here is St. Patrick's Lorca. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through a belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. I arise today through the strength of Christ's birth and his baptism, through the strength of his crucifixion and his burial, through the strength of his resurrection and his ascension, through the strength of his descent for the judgment of doom. I arise today through the strength of the love of cherubim, in obedience of angels and service of archangels, in the hope of resurrection to meet with reward, in the prayers of patriarchs and preachings of the apostles and faiths of confessors, in innocence of virgins and deeds of righteous men. I arise today through the strength of heaven, light of the sun, splendor of fire, speed of lightning, swiftness of the wind, depth of the sea, stability of the earth, firmness of the rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's hosts to save me from snares of the devil, from temptation of vices, from everyone who desires me ill, afar and near, alone or in a multitude. I summon today all these powers between me and evil against every cruel, merciless power that opposes my body and soul, against incantations of false prophets, against black laws of pagandom, against false laws of heretics, against craft of idolatry, against spells of women and smiths and wizards, against every knowledge that corrupts man's body and soul. Christ shield me today against poison, against burning, against drowning, against wounding, so that reward may come to me in abundance. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of every man who speaks of me, Christ in the eye that sees me, 
Christ in the ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through a belief in the threeness, through a confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Patrick, pray for us. Thank you for joining me for Why Catholic. Be sure to subscribe to Why Catholic wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also subscribe to my Substack site and get the next episode in your email inbox. As a subscriber, you get a special discount code to the Why Catholic Etsy store. If you've been blessed by this podcast and you're feeling generous, there's also a way to financially support it and patrons get some extra perks. To become a free subscriber or a patron, just go to whycatholic.substack.com slash subscribe. Also join me on Instagram at whycatholicpodcast, all one word. Thanks again for listening. My name is Justin Hibbard, and this is Why Catholic. God bless you.